everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Nonlinear Lives podcast, where we honor people's lives by celebrating their disruptions and how it changed them for the better, the worse, or the wash. I know I typically start off each episode with a story, but I'm just way too excited about today's guests. I reached out to For the Culture Brewing Company on a massive whim, and they were gracious enough to accept. Now, I'm personally not a massive beer drinker, but by the end of the episode, they not only made me want to refine my palate towards beer, but they really made me an advocate for their brewery. Their remarkable inclusivity, their various cultural influences, and the deep friendship between these men and their families was encouraging. And if there's any episode of this season I would love for you to share, it's going to be this one. So please enjoy the final episode in the I Did a Thing series with For the Culture Brewing Company. So For the Culture Brewing Company is one of Houston's most recent contenders in the craft beer marketplace. However, one of its most distinguishing features is that it exists not just to give everyone a great drink, but to elevate marginalized communities and do it for the culture. It's fair to say in a very white dominated industry that they really do stand out. Um, So today I'm joined with co-owners Jonathan, Carl, and Miguel to talk about what they do. So let's hop into it. Also, that is the one beer pun I'm going to make. It's the only <laughs> beer pun that I know. That's great. Thank you. I tried so one. hard. Thank you. I don't want to be like too on the nose with it. But <laughs> I want my first question is, what makes you you? So just what makes you you? And if you can share your names as you answer that question as well, so people know your voices. Well, my name is Carl, and um, I'm one of the as mentioned, one of the co-founders of For the Culture Brewing Company. Uh, I think what makes me me is that I serve as sort of a glue uh, in our organization specifically. Uh, I think I'm the one that that sort of tries to keep everyone on track, tries to mediate any disputes, and tries to keep that atmosphere of brotherly and sisterly love, even though none of the ladies, unfortunately, are represented here today because we were trying to uh you know limit the amount of people of course but you know everyone plays such an important role in our organization in their own way as we strive so hard to try to get open and to provide some of the free beer we give away (laughs) to a to a broader spectrum and so i I think that best describes me very cool uh my name is miguel rodriguez i am i think i consider my i love beer and I've known Jonathan since high school. And ever since then, um, we've kind of gotten into trouble together. And when he said he wanted to start a brewery, I was like, dude, let me in. <laughs> I want in. Uh, and I, I think I bring ideas. Uh, I definitely provide a, a, a diversity element to the group. And I think I have a unique perspective. Uh, I'm a school teach. My side gig is a, I'm a school teacher. And so I think that gives me a, a different perspective. You know? okay. So I, that's, that's what I bring to the table. Awesome. Okay, well, I'll hop in. I'm, I'm Jonathan Brown. Uh, uh, I thought I was the glue guy, but apparently Carl is. <laughs> uh, it's never enough glue. There's plenty of glue to go around. Uh, no, but, uh, but me, uh, I'm, I'm an engineer. 
uh, project manager these days. Um, and uh, I guess with the organization, I, um, I, I've always had a serious entrepreneur spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was the first guy on, on the block with a CD burner back in the day. So I was making CDs <laughs> in the nice. 90s. Remember that, Miguel? Yeah. Um, They're so, old. Yes, they are. Yeah, somebody won't even know this. Well, I'm not but... that young. I remember <laughs> I had a Walkman. Oh, so. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but uh, yeah, so... So with that, it's just, you know, we, we, we were always around here and we love beer and talking about it, talking about it. And I'm just like, man, I want to make this. And so uh, it, 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 I was like, let's do this, man. Let's, let's, let's start learning how to do this and uh, let, you know, let's um, make a business out of this and finally, uh, what is it, Rep- you know, have some representation for yeah. us uh, in the industry. Um, so with that, I, you know, I'd say I'm, I, I don't want to say I'm the ideas guy, but uh, I, I would say I'm the dream big guy. They have to rein me in at times. Um, and where our counterpart, another uh, another owner, Devon, is more of the conservative type, which is great. So Carl, I guess you are in the middle uh, with that. <laughs> uh, but we have, you know, perfect relationship. But yeah, Very cool. that, that's that's me. Yeah, I was reading a little bit about how y'all got started. Would you guys mind sharing the story of how all of that came together? Because in a very chaotic time for the rest of Houston, you guys were starting a company. Yeah, so uh, just going back to that, we we were, uh, you know, we kind of threw out the idea a few times, uh, you know, months prior, but, it, you know, no, uh, just kind of throwing it out. It wasn't, wasn't real serious. And then, so Carl is at my house this is right uh this is the day harvey uh got to houston and you know we're we're born and raised in houston so you say hurricane it's like okay you know just stock up on what you need to stock up on see you guys in a couple days no biggie uh so we're just brewing and uh as a as a touchdown and then looking at carl i'm like man you know what this i, I really enjoy doing this this is fun um you know, let's, let's really make it, uh, 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 you know, let's, let's push this forward and uh, make a business out of this and uh, start selling beer one day. Um, and then I'll let Carl go, go there for the rest of it. So. But yes. And, and I think that, uh, that's why I, I think Jonathan was being modest. You know, he said he's an idea guy, but he was sort of, uh, our, our Napoleon, if you will, um, especially nice. with the way that, he sees something, he decides he wants it, and he's one of those people that nothing is going to stop him from obtaining once he sets his mind on it. And he will go through everything possible to see that come to fruition. And I think that at the the time, as he mentioned, when people were discussing, like, maybe we should do it, maybe we should do it, maybe we should do it. He was the first one off the ledge. And the first one to say, you know what, I'm, I'm getting the brew kit. If anybody wants to go in on with me, cool. But regardless, I'm getting the homebrew kit and we're going to start doing this just as a matter of fact. And so, you know, that was, they gave me the opportunity where it was like, Oh, it was a lot of stuff going on at the time, but you know, like, Hey, this could be fun. So, you know, here, here's some money. Let's see what we can do. And so, as he mentioned, as you know, Harvey was, was bearing in on us, uh, you know, we definitely decided that that was probably a good time to do something out of the box because everyone, you know, we, we have, you know, lawyers, teachers, engineers, counselors, just almost, you, you name it, we have some type of association with things that you traditionally think of in life as, I'm this occupation, I'm fine. But I think the beauty with everyone that's in our organization, 
being fine just isn't enough, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And so everyone sort of has that desire to do something differently. And beer just happens to be something where we saw us not only fitting a need of increasing representation from, you know, African-Americans, Latinx individuals, um, et cetera, but also educating the community, showing the community that there are other avenues of things that just may not have crossed their minds. I mean, I think we all grew up, uh, at least us, uh, I'll speak for the Black community on this one, mostly you would just see us drinking malt liquor or cheap, cheaper beer, if you will. And if you go to any type of familial function, generally it was like, hey, we're going to drink some Crown or we have some Hennessy. That's it. And so for us, (laughs) when we discovered that there were some other things out there that, you know, you could also enjoy, well, until I guess Drake made Moscato (laughs) popular, uh, it's like, no, mama, that's a dessert wine. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, you not know, once, <laughs> so I think that once that was once we kind of all got in that particular frame of mind, it's made it very easy for us to transition and to push this, you know, business as we work to try to get open. Very cool. How did all of y'all come together to do this? Because Jonathan and Miguel, y'all mentioned that y'all were friends in high school. Carl. I don't, I'm not, like, how did all of y'all get connected? Like, well, where pick me up off the street. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. that was a solid pickup off the street, Jonathan and Miguel. It's like, yeah, the, you can get a good person or someone crazy. I would Jonathan say and I. Oh, go ahead. Well, we went to the same high school, which was okay. uh, at Kincaid. Which I imagine was school. in the 90s. Yes. Okay. Late well, 90s. No. Late 90s, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was in high school during 9-11. <laughs> um, okay. And we had a freshman retreat. It was at somebody's house. And we're like the, like maybe four kids that are minorities. And everybody was playing basketball. And I wanted to play basketball. But nobody was passing me the ball. Disrespect. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, one of those where you're like inching in. You're like, mm. <laughs> And uh, Jonathan got the ball and he passed me the ball. And uh, I, I believe I made a layup or something like that. Something awesome. Yes, did. And, uh, we've, been, <laughs> and we've, been friends, <laughs> we've been friends ever since. Yeah. And that was pretty much the beginning of it. We were in a, in a situation in this private school where we can, you kind of create uh, your, little, your little niche of people. Mm-hmm. And it just continued throughout high school. And that extended past high school into college and as Carl said, Jonathan had the idea, and when he told me, uh, it's like the train is going to take off. You either jump on board, or it's going to leave you behind. And I'm like, man, I want, I want in, I want in. Uh, uh, like what Carl was saying, I know that Jonathan was started drinking later in life. Um, I've been, I come from a Mexican household, so I've been drinking since I was like two. You know, <laughs> not really, but there is a picture of my grandpa giving me beer when I was little. Um, so this is part of the culture, like Mexican yeah. culture. Like right now, I mean, I don't normally drink this, but this is in my dad's fridge right now. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to drink it. <laughs> um, and, and uh, yeah, like, it's just like, I, I know that, that, that this is like what Carl said. As soon as somebody points it out to you that this is a underrepresented market and you start thinking about the consumption, that's when you're like, wait a minute. Like there's, there's something here, you know? Yeah. Got to jump in there just to, uh, uh, I think 
Miguel and uh, Carl agree with me. I think the glue person here with all Jeff, it, my my older brother, uh, who, um, who's also part of the company, um, is was friends with Devon uh, when they got to UT. So U University of Texas, uh, uh, most of us went there, but they were friends. And then Devon and Carl were uh, fraternity brothers. And then I get to UT, so I just inherit them because they're my brother's friends. Yeah. Um, and and then we all ended up, <laughs> we had the worst job all together. <laughs> uh, we were, which is a mistake. I don't know why anybody would hire all of us at the same time, but they did. Uh, we were all community or maintenance men, assistants at the this large complex in, in Austin. Uh, so it's just, uh, you know, you work 20 hours a week, they give you free rent. And nice. we just go around doing work orders and people move in, move out, do all this stuff. But uh, terrible job. But it was, I mean, that's 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 where half our, uh, I would say, some of our craziest uh, memories and some of the dumbest stuff we ever did uh, <laughs> was, well, we're kids, you know, we're 19. We share. No, 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 not today. No. That's, that's a, <laughs> a whole different podcast. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> So, I mean, I feel like this brewing company, like it really, it comes from a very deep friendship. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, if you were in high school in the late 90s, so maybe 20 years, mm -hmm. close to 20 years worth of friendship, which honestly, I cannot tell what age y'all are. I would have thought that you were somewhere <laughs> in your like early Thanks. to mid 30s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, thir I'm 35. It's okay. I'm gonna okay. Be yeah, I'm, 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 I'm 38. Okay. 36 on the 29th. Yeah, I know that people that are going to listen to this can't uh, see y'all, but y'all look great. Y'all look Thank fantastic. You. Well done. Thank you very much, Tosin. Thank that you. That beer that keeps you young, you know? Yes. I keep right. trying to tell people <laughs> one day they will listen to me. Cheers. <laughs> Start drinking one year too. Takes another sip at 11 in the morning. <laughs> We're actually oh. smoking some brisket and some ribs. It's oh. my sister's birthday today. So. I am like a Justified, barbecue person. Right? <laughs> I have traveled throughout Texas to eat barbecue. And I hate to tell y'all this, but one of the things I saw on your website is that like you really are about bringing beer to like the novice drinker, mm -hmm. which is me. Oh, perfect. So um, what beer would you recommend to a novice drinker from your array of beers? Okay, so we, we, we have a few. So the way we usually, it, it depends. What do you what's your drink of choice i guess if it's not beer what do you like you know you're a wine person or you're a liquor person what flavors what what do you like um so i tend to be i can do a wine i don't mind a white i think if it's red i don't like them when they're super dry um and i'm a cocktail person so i love gin for some reason i told someone i love gin and they were like are you 60 <laughs> I love I love Jen too, so I guess we're both um, sixty years together. <laughs> I guess so. Um and then I don't mind whiskey. I can yeah. I like whiskey. Um, but those would be my choices. The only times I've liked I like fruit beers for some reason. I had like a grapefruit something and then a blueberry something and those I both was like, I love this. But take me to a brewery and I'm probably going to order a cider because I'm like, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, we, well, we, you know, with that, that and that's usually what we, when people, uh, because uh, we, we do a lot of uh, different pop-ups, you know, like mm -hmm. tailgates or different 
um, just events where we can just give away our beer. But that's kind of one of the first things we do is ask you if you're new to drinking kind of what you like, because the worst thing I can do is throw a, you know, triple Hoppodopolis Rex IPA at you and you, you know, spit it out and you're like, I hate beer for life. Uh, that is the worst thing you can do. <laughs> um, so, so what we try to do is uh, we, we have a couple of intro beers. There's our blonde. Um, and then we have a, uh, which is a very simple, simple beer. Um, and it, you know, it has more flavor than your traditional big, big beer lagers that you, I don't want to give any of them press, but you see all their commercials on TV and Super Bowl ads. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it's more flavor than that. And then what we do, we take that and we have one that we infuse with a little hibiscus. And oh yes, yes, yes. snap, snap, snippity, yes. snap. Yes, you're speaking uh, my language, Jonathan. <laughs> so exactly, so that that's probably what we would uh, we would initially offer you um, um, there, and then we also have um, an IPA that we use just all citra hops. Um, so okay. there, it's more. Uh, is it the citrus and fruity flavors and it's not necessarily you're not the hops aren't going to punch you in the face so that that's kind of where we you know a, a, a very light refreshing well-rounded beer is kind of where we like to start people and then once you once we kind of got you in there we'll uh we have some of our darker beers our milk porter um which your whiskey drinker i I think it's, I personally think it's phenomenal, but we'll, we'll kind of toss that in there for you as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, that, that's usually where we go there. I just kind of want to know who you are, what do you like to drink? And then we'll throw a couple flavors at you and see if you like it. I love it this. I love <laughs> this. I have like deep trust. I'm like, please be my beer sensei and guide me in all yeah. that are beer. So where did the name for the Culture Brewing Company come from? A lot of arguments it was <laughs> no, actually a, a, it was, we voted on it as a group yeah uh everybody presented different ideas and as a group uh our wives included everybody voted and wives and sister uh on what they thought would be best represents the brewery and that's yeah. what we fell on mm -hmm. what was the runner-up oh good question can i throw that one out Carl? Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely. It was Sweet Ridge Brewing Company. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> uh, we, you look at a lot of the brewery. We, you know, we we. And it just took us a few months because we were going through. You look at a lot of different breweries, and a lot of the names come from location. You know, their town yeah. or county. Um, and so we, you know, we're in Pearland, Texas, and uh, so we were just kind of looking at names that are around here uh you know we're just suburb of houston um but just names and stuff around here so we kind of went went with that that looked good and then we're like that's not really us though right it's yeah. just um it's just a simple location and so we just kind of the more we talked like uh and everyone threw out different ideas and um and why and just again the more we talked talked about it why are we doing this what is this for and then for the culture kept popping up um and to be honest we thought to be frank, we thought it was a little urban. Is that the word, mm -hmm. Carl? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we thought yeah. it was a little urban. Um, you know, because we know the 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 demographics for craft beer um, is overwhelmingly white. You know, like yeah, 70 totally. And so we didn't, and we didn't want, and we didn't want to be. At, we didn't want to come in like that. We don't want to scare anybody off at the same time. We didn't. We don't want to be 
don't want to be just the black brewery. We just want to be a brewery, right? Uh, that yeah. serves great beer. But uh, with that, we kept falling back on that. You know, it's just like, nah, man, this is this is who we are. And so we voted on it. And there we go. And we haven't uh, looked back. And yeah. I think surprisingly, it's been really, really well received. Because mm-hmm. for, for us, with For the Culture, it's for the craft beer culture. It's just the craft beer part is in hidden brackets in between you know the and culture but for mm-hmm. us it was sort of a little entendre there intended once we hashed it out where we're saying that you know we're we're here we represent for our respective communities and we can also do beer because you know you can trace beer making back to Mesopotamia back to Samaria and that's what a lot of people don't know they they immediately go to well it's Germany Belgium uh, maybe even you know London uh, as well. That's what people think. So as mm-hmm. you can see, those are places that are a lot less melanated than you know maybe we are. But yeah. you know when people are bemoaning that fact, it's like the real the reality is beer has been around as far back as almost anyone can trace. And so when you have that in mind, you realize that it's a much more diverse spirit than maybe one would think and so we, we feel like all we're doing is saying that yes we can too you know it's yeah. not just this realm but we can bring our flavor we can bring our perspective we can bring our culture and we can cultivate beers that you all may not be thinking about because i, I think that jonathan may have uh, he, he mentioned a lot of the beers we had but we've actually been working on some newer flavors and for a lot of first-time craft beer drinker craft beer drinkers we have a, a Belgian quad that Jonathan uh, crafted, and I mean, it was just amazing. Blows, but it's a type of beer that you know you you get might get a little bit of a spice, but it's mm. it's it's not only strong in alcohol content, but you also get a little bit of a toffee. Um, you might detect a little bit of caramel, and it's like really good. And then we did a strong ale that we we came up with together, and similar. Whereas that Belgian quad is. The, you know, the, the toffee, the caramel, now you have this strong ale that you're getting fruity notes and it's just very aromatic and it just goes down so easily. And these are the types of beers that I, I think a lot of people in our respective cultures just aren't, they aren't used to, you know, like Miguel had the, the Corona <laughs> uh, beer. It's like, hey, it's a, it's a very simple um, Mexican lager. They intended to be very light almost watery so that because they want you to just keep drinking just keep drinking Mm -hmm. just keep drinking but we're crafting beer that we actually want you to appreciate whereas if you're sipping like a wine you you swirl it you take a sniff you get the aroma then you taste it you might take a a break take a couple more sniffs taste it again so that you're realizing like oh my goodness like they're actually a lot of complexity to these beers that you just would not think if you're just drinking some of the bigger beer brands so for the culture, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's so much wrapped up in that statement that even though Jonathan and I probably fought it tooth and nail at first, <laughs> uh, we realized that it really is a, a fantastic name. And I think one that helps to represent all of us, because you can say for the African-American culture, for the Mexican-American culture, for the Persian-American culture, because uh, uh, Miguel's Miguel's wife is a representative of you know Middle Eastern culture coincidentally mm-hmm. as well. So it's like we, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, to be yeah. more clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I did not want to misspeak though, you know, because I definitely don't want to misrepresent. But you know, it's just it's such a, a great name that I don't think we fully recognized what we had at first. Yeah, I think it's one of it's very invitational. And what I noticed when I was like just looking through like the different social media platforms you have, it's inclusive of um, different racial or racial ethnic national cultures, but it's also very inclusive of women as well, which is also something you don't see in most brewing companies, whether they're black, white, or others. So what does it look like for y'all as a company to be inclusive of women as well? Because it's something that's very, very blatantly displayed in your social media, but it's also something you've referenced in decision-making. I mean, historically, women were the first brewers, you know, it wasn't until it became something commercial and uh, and became these giant companies that then it became like a male dominated mm-hmm. like industry. So, I mean, women were the first brewers. Um, and, you gotta speak on it. Yeah. And for, and for us, in addition to women, I mean, we're from Houston, Texas, which is one of the most diverse cities in the world. And for us to, I mean, and we're extremely diverse and we are, mm-hmm. we are Houston, you know, yeah. we're born and raised in Houston and therefore like we, we're, we're going, we're going to represent that. We're going to wear that on our sleeves because it's who we are. And I think, uh, like you said, it's very inviting and we can create that, that, uh, we can make it okay for others as well. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, Oh, I, I and just to jump in there, it, it's inviting and it's intentional. Uh, and at the, um, like you said, how's our company? You know, with, with I guess with women uh, being a part of it, it's these are all our wives. So uh, there's no decisions with money <laughs> made without them. Hey. Uh, <laughs> so uh, So you know, it, it's you know, plus they. They uh, again, just like with anything else in life, diversity of thought. They bring something different. Uh, I tell you one thing that they are way better than us is uh, being able to smell all the notes and things like that from our beers. Yeah. So it's just uh, whenever we finish something, uh, it's a. Uh, and my wife's doing this diet thing now, so she gets so mad at me. But I'll just pour, you know, when it's done, you know, wait a couple of days, and I just pour a glass, and I'll just sit it, sit it there and stare at her. She's like. You know, I don't want to do this right now, but it's I'm like, okay, tell me. Well, well, it's just because I'd never do this at a convenient time. And that's just that's just me messing with my wife. (laughs) But uh, but um, it's, you know, we give that to her or Janine or or or, or, um, why am I why am I drawing a blank? with Gia um and we give these give them these beers and it's just like hey what do you smell what are you tasting uh because their 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 buds are better than ours <laughs> mm-hmm. and I you know absolutely so and if there's something extra there they especially Janine it she'll just point it out like hey this isn't this isn't right or matter of fact this is great um and so again it's just it's it's just awesome being able to include everyone because again you have diversity of thought um, and just different opinions on everything. And yeah. I mean, I just, I, don't, I just don't know how that's bad, I guess. <laughs> we obviously trust their opinion. <laughs> this is good. This it is very good. Us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, how do you feel like your beer connects to the local area, like to the community at large? Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, people can't people can't see Jonathan pointing at me, but 
<laughs> but uh, I, I, I think for us, because we have grown up here, and if anyone is even remotely familiar with the Houston culture, and I and I, I say this in such a way because I, I I sincerely do not mean any disrespect. The reality is. Uh, these individuals had the resources, they beat us to the punch, uh, and they were able to get established first. But mm-hmm. our culture specific to Houston and screw culture, and even though I may not agree with it, you know, the, the, the lean culture, double cupping, car culture, having swangers, what they call swangers and vows, the tires with the white walls and the elbows that poke out about 20 feet and you have to watch your car so that they don't hit your car on the side swipe action. But that's the type of stuff that is very much Houston that was cultivated from DJ Screw, Screwed Up Click, Swisher House Records, et cetera. But they're literally taking our culture and they're naming their beers after our popular phrases, after our cultural references. And they're able to capitalize that, uh, capitalize on that in a way that sometimes doesn't seem fair because it's not a representation in their brewery that actually reflects someone that's like, well, I can understand that. Uh, they may, they may have grown up going to selective sounds to buy CDs and tapes. They may have visited the screw, you know, screw shop, you know, down in South Houston. And so we feel like we connect in a different way because frankly, we feel like we present a very authentic experience. We're legitimately familiar with a lot of the Houston institutions a lot of the Houston people that sort of promoted that culture in the the late nineties and, you know, early two thousands. And so when we present, when we present a beer, one, not only, you know, we're, we're looking very hard to try to find a location that's in one of our, you know, areas that's, you know, you know the fifth ward, we've been looking in third ward um, and even the, you know, other side of Pearland, the, the new side, if they'd have us, because that's a very, <laughs> diverse area now, um, mm-hmm. a way that it wasn't before gentrification started and started pushing people kind of south in the, you know, the lower South Houston. And so we feel like once we are able to establish our presence fully and we're presenting our flavors and our wares and we're having things that relate to our culture, we're just confident it presents a whole different facet uh, to, you know, to the beer industry that people don't think about. I, I think Jonathan touched on it briefly earlier, but you know, when you're in an industry that is 85% Caucasian and literally every other eth- ethnic makeup that you can think of is represented in the 15% that's remaining. And even of that 85% or that hundred percent you're talking about, it's about 60% male, roughly 30, 30% women. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a huge number of people that just aren't being represented and that aren't being even targeted in our opinion. And that's what we feel like will make us so special um, and like people ask us all the time, you're like, are y'all open yet? Are y'all open yet? The people that are doing that are by and large people that look like us. And it's almost shocking to us because you just don't, you really do not associate beer and people of color. And that's something that we want to change. Yeah. The more that like I think through it for the culture brewing company, the name is inclusive of not just nationalities, ethnicities, races, genders. It's also inclusive of like flavor profiles that there are certain like seasonings and flavors used in African-American cooking that you don't get in um, Mexican or El Salvadorian or Ecuadorian cooking, but there's different seasonings there. Like I'm Nigerian and there's Nigerian flavors that you don't get in, um, just general American food. Who would have thought? Um, and so even that there's like Palestinian flavors 
that we don't always get here in the U.S. as well. And so it's not just the physical person that's there. It's everything that they bring of who they are that goes into the the beer that you're making. So I know that when you mention hibiscus, I immediately think Jamaican um, because they tend to have a lot of hibiscus teas that are really delicious. I love that flavor profile. Yeah, I really love that, which now makes me one of those people that's like, when are you, when are you going to open? Because I, I, <laughs> I checked the website and I know that uh, the plan was open spring 2020. No one could have planned for COVID, um, which has been the, honestly, the most disruptive thing I think I've ever experienced in my life. But Agree for uh, all, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but when do you think that you'll open? What area are you hoping to be in? Which leads to like the final question of like, where could someone sample like your beer? Because now I'm like, I want to try these beers that Jonathan recommended to me and I can't because 2020 is trifling. I'll handle the, I'll handle the, the sampling part uh, and I'll let Carl uh miguel take care of the uh the opening part but for sampling wise uh so all we're we're brewing out of my house um so you know all of our our kegs and canning everything's here so it's uh or third ward or third ward yeah over there too uh that's i guess yeah those are over there so it's either most of the time it's people if we know them um i can you know fill growlers or something for folks or um you know, a good time to catch us is on brew day. Okay. So <laughs> uh, hypothetically, if I didn't know what a growler was, what is a growler? And when I say hypothetically, I mean, I actually <laughs> don't know what a growler is. Okay. Well, I, I, it's just a fancy, a fancy word for bring your, bring your own cup to the party. That's it. <laughs> but a growl, you can, ha- it's just a, uh, you can have With a, a lid. Pre- pressure, pressurized vessel to keep your beer carbonated. That's it. It's nothing. Okay. Bring your own glass, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it. Uh, but um, but that yeah, brew day. Uh, COVID's messed us up. We were usually doing um, different events, uh, tailgates, uh, homecomings, uh, uh, private events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, we want to any day now just maybe set up something in a park. Um, and uh, we can can up a bunch of stuff and people can just come by with socially distance, of course, and just, hey, grab, grab something tasted. Um, but yeah, we got, I got, we got kegerators and, and taps here at the house. Um, so um, just people that are, that really want to, we can can up a few things and come by and drop okay. them, you know, I can drop them off. So yeah. Very cool. Very cool. We're very personable. You know, we're not some unreachable uh, group, uh, or, uh, or I don't think anybody in, the, in, in our organization is. So, yeah. no, this is all very familiar. <laughs> I just want to add family. we've uh, we've talked about this. We are very fortunate actually that we didn't open before COVID, that mm. this didn't happen. You know, I uh, there's a lot of breweries right now that are struggling because of uh, just like the rules that, that went into place from, from the, the Texas state and uh. So just looking at it from a positive, yes, this has been disruptive, but I mean, it could have been catastrophic for us, you know? Sure. So uh, we're definitely still counting our blessings that, uh, mm-hmm. that we, have, we still have an opportunity to open up. Yeah. Considering everything and hazy timelines down the road, you know? And, and to, yeah. your, to, to your first point, uh, yeah. 
right now we're looking we're, we're looking central houston and south houston you know uh that being like south of i-10 maybe you know 59 45 triangle okay. that south and like central that's where most of the the places that we've been looking tend to be because there really really aren't a lot of breweries in those areas right now uh, you know, we would love to be as central as possible, but of course, the closer you get to central, they they start wanting you to sign off on your kids' futures mm-hmm. in order to pay the rent, and that's not feasible because we all, even though I will I will proudly state that you know everyone in our organization um, is is doing well. You know, fortunately that no one was affected in extreme means by the COVID shutdowns, but none of us come from like generational wealth either you know we're all either first or second generation college graduates uh, and when it comes to the resources we're not in a place where like Jeff Bezos to go say hey mom dad can I borrow $279,000 so I can start Amazon Mm. you know we have our parents who are also trying to find their way even in their elder years as we are you know in the moment so our goal is to is to try to be as reasonable as possible because the last thing that we want to do is fail, not because our product is bad, but fail simply because with the scope of COVID and everything, we just can't afford it. Uh, because as Miguel was saying with the breweries, we can only assume big beer money was playing a hand in causing breweries and clubs specifically to take all the blame for COVID. And I say that under the premise that we all respect COVID. We believe in COVID. It is not a hoax to us. (laughs) And we definitely understand that things had to change. But what we do not understand as a company in the hospitality industry is why a plate of food or a curfew automatically means the COVID transmission has stopped because mm. you can go to Ojos Locos here in Houston. That's a, a sports bar similar to Hooters. You can go to Hooters, uh, Bombshells, which is also a sports bar here in Houston. And you would literally see lines out of the door of people, you know, waiting to get in. Or if they were in, it was obvious that the place was extremely crowded. Uh, that's something that if I can go to that restaurant and I can just order drinks but not eat anything but because they serve food it's acceptable the breweries for instance are all looking around if they don't have a food component or if they did not have a to-go component where they were making cans or selling bottles or crowlers etc they are just completely in a situation where now that's like what do we do yeah. and that's kind of how it's been for a lot of them for the last six months and so that's that is probably the biggest positive to not being open at the moment because we had not considered food and we not had considered bottling and canning at first because it made more sense to our naive young minds to simply have a tap room set up where you make a heck of a lot more money going from tanks to uh, draft pours versus having to spend additional resources for canning or you know to have your food component that's a whole other beast that we just simply weren't familiar with but we've realized now if you want to be pandemic proof those are things that we also have to consider. So in that part regard, we're somewhat grateful we were able to take a step back and kind of analyze our plans a little bit further. Yeah, I think it would have been a massive travesty to lose the work that you guys are doing because it's been a lot of time and effort and energy. And I mean, it's one thing if like a project kind of dies. It's another thing if like a dream that you've been like working on dies. That, that will send you to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> well, why am I laughing? <laughs> it's true. It is. That's like someone who was a psych major and got like halfway through a master's in like counseling. It would have definitely sent you to counseling. And if you didn't go, it would have sent your wives and your children to counseling <laughs> to be like, I can't deal with this man. He's yeah. grieving and he doesn't know the process. <laughs> so switching gears a little bit, um, what do y'all feel has been outside of COVID, obviously, which is again, disruptive, but what do you feel has been the most disruptive things that you have faced in either your life or in the life of this company? In the life of this company, uh, it's really <laughs> just locations. Uh, it, that's, we just didn't, we did not anticipate how difficult this would be. Um, it, it, it's, and it's also difficult with going from different, uh, just dealing with different uh, landlords as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I'm not going to throw that out there, but some of them are just, you know, some are very easy to talk to and then, but then they want, you know, ridiculously high rent. Some are it's low rent we're trying to talk to them but then they want to know you know what's your kid's social security numbers can you do this as if i'm like wait a minute why are you asking well not saying it's wrong but it's like they just start trying to dig in deep on on everything we're like hey man we just want to look at your location yeah. <laughs> uh you know um so but then you know there are a few we've had a couple of projects uh, that were very promising and then uh, what was the one that fell through as it turns out some permitting for that building yeah. didn't allow retail. Mm. So they were cool. Cause as, as a brewer, we're a manufacturer. Uh, we manufacture beer and we're going through everything. It's like, this is perfect lineup, everything. But then the way it worked out, they're like, you can't do retail. So you would have to sell our premise. But I'm like, that's, that just crushes our entire business plan. Um, so that's happened to, you know, things like that have happened a couple of times um, over the last year and a half, but that hasn't slowed us down. It hasn't, you know, what slowed us down and getting open, but it's not, it hasn't crushed our dreams or anything. We're just, you know what, that's fine. This isn't the place for us. Um, yeah. we'll find something else. And, 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 and that's really what's going into is now it's just, we're, we're like, we're not going to settle, you know, just for any old place. And we're not going to put ourselves in a position to hurt ourselves um, and get in a lease or a building that we can't afford. It's just, no, we're not, we're not going to do that versus, you know, you're going to have to go. We're like, we're going to do it. Yeah. We're so excited. It's happening. Oh, this is just a little hiccup. We're going to move forward. Yeah. Now it's like, hold up. That's a big hiccup, <laughs> you know, take a step back. So I think that's really, I don't know. You guys agree with that. That's probably the biggest disruptor. I don't know. You, that's my view. I mean, yeah, this is a, it's a big reason why we're not, why we're not open yet. Personally, just going through this and learning a lot about the regulations and like some of the rules that are in place, you start, I, I have started questioning like why some of these things are in place and mm-hmm. you start realizing why and, <laughs> and uh, not to get political, but then you start, you start thinking like, oh, these local rules and like the people who make these rules and like, so then you start, I, I have started thinking a little bit more politically, local politics and like local rules, and who, who in, not just enforces them, but who like puts them in place and why. Yeah some kind of a link to current events. (laughs) That's fair. No, I definitely think that, again, going back to the name, like I like that it's an affirmative name, like it is for the culture when a lot of things, again, feel like it is not for a specific (laughs) culture. 
And so, no, I feel that. I'm One of the things that I genuinely hope for y'all as you like talk about location is that as we exit the pandemic at some point in time, hopefully in this lifetime. People act like it's going to be uh, on New Year's Day, but you know, everybody's like, I mean, hey, wait for 2021. I was like, well, you know. People acted like it would be in August when the kids went back to school. Yeah. Like, well, y'all were cutting in, up the 4th of July. It's in January, guys. It's in January. It's January 2024. <laughs> uh, but, like, I think that again it like as a black person as a nigerian person it's nice to know when things are inclusive of you um because like i've been to breweries and it feels like i'm in an entirely different world for one i don't understand beer or beer culture or the history of beer but also like i'm not really represented at a brewery which is why i don't choose to hang out there like take me to a club take me to a lounge <laughs> like let me see people who look like me so I don't feel overly concerned that if something pops off, I'm gonna have to pop out and be like, <laughs> can't do that. Have you been, you've been reading our business plan? You were like, <laughs> you were like, perfect. You sure, did I accidentally send that to you? Because <laughs> it's just, that like, is exactly I, what, respectfully, that's, ex, you're exactly who we want, girl. We want you. you. I got that's friends ex, too. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's, <laughs> you are, I would love to be there. You are who we we strive to provide that safe space for because I I know as a, a marginalized uh, community member, <laughs> we understand what it's like when you walk into a place and it's like, uh, I feel like I'm Your getting these looks. <laughs> what is he yeah. doing here? What are they? Are, are you, did you walk into the wrong place? And I, I understand that if you aren't in a marginalized community, that is probably something that you will never understand. Yeah. But hearing you hearing you say that is just further affirmation that we're doing the right thing because that's what you we are even down to the fact that i'm like why are half of these breweries outside with park benches i know it's economical my hair can't handle me being outside <laughs> <laughs> drinking on a park bench also it's hot does it look like i want to be sweating while drinking put me in some ac yeah oh bless i'm like this wasn't made for me i know it wasn't made for me <laughs> and it's like you have like a hoagie food truck and i was like does it look like i want to eat a hoagie <laughs> <laughs> give me some barbecue give me some tech snacks give me give me something that's gonna stick yeah. like if i'm drinking beer give me food that's gonna stick that's how you get me here um oh, definitely yeah no I honestly, I love what you guys are doing. I really hope you get a location. But yeah, if people wanted to find you on the internet or social media, what do they need to be on the lookout for? Or how could they find you? That's a better way to ask that question. Well, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, it's For the Culture BC, uh, as in Brewing Company. That's again, that's For the Culture BC. Um, we also have a website, uh, www.fortheculturebrewing.com, uh, which gives a little bit more background information on our story and us. Uh, it is currently under construction. We're trying to take steps to improve it, but I threw that together in a matter of hours and I haven't been back since. So <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it, I understand it needs some work, but we, you know, we, we are very active on social media. We're always looking to grow our following because we really want people to 
know about what we're doing, to understand what we're doing, and to realize that we're we're inclusive first and foremost. It's not just intended to be people that look like us, but we we do feel as though people that look like us are missing out on the wonders of beer and the diversity of beer and the complexity of beer because there are so many things and so many flavors that you can do in a way that you don't necessarily get with whiskeys, bourbons, or even wines for that matter. Uh, but you know, if you don't know, you don't know. And we're looking to educate, um, entice and excite people about the prospect of craft beer. Well, I definitely feel all three at the end of this interview. Do you guys have like any final words that you'd like to share with people? I would just would like to add a little to what Carl was saying and kind of like you touched on this, that eventually the brewer becomes this space where since Janine and I are teachers, uh, where we start educating the community on, you know, different things, whether it's to vote, whether it's uh, uh-huh. starting your, your own business or anything like, right. Uh, our creativity is Definitely. our limit, right. Yeah. So it becomes a space for the, for the community where our success is everyone else's success as well. Very cool. Jonathan, any last words? Oh, this was fun. Uh, just I'm glad. Really, no, no, I, I, I love people. I love doing stuff like this. And uh, I just, you know, I can't wait to get open uh, so I could be in the brewery doing exactly this and handing out my beer. So, uh, but this is great. Um, I just can't wait to get open as well. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. To everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Please make sure that you follow For the Culture BC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for updates on what's going on with the work that they're doing. Yes, thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I want to thank Carl, Jonathan, and Miguel for being on the Nonlinear Lives podcast. If you're interested in following them on social media, please check them out on Instagram at ForTheCultureBC. If you didn't catch that, no worries. Check out the episodes and I'll provide links to all of their social media platforms and their website. Also, if you like what you're hearing, please rate the episode and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Did you know that reviewing a podcast actually changes the algorithm so that more people can find it? So yeah review the podcast (laughs) and please follow us on instagram at the nonlinear lives podcast special thanks to boma cheatham west of boma curates who produced this season's theme song and to genesis rivas ponce who edited this episode y'all genesis actually happens to be my best friend so thanks boo all right guys see you next week